0: Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh. Today I have with me my brother, Ted Jordan. This guy is so much fun because he is passionate about everything he does. He's got this spirit of boldness on him and uh, he is just out there doing so much for the kingdom. His latest project for the kingdom is his new book. Yeah, he's got a new book out. And so we're going to put the link in there so you guys find out about it. We're going to talk about it. Ted, welcome to the broadcast.
1: Thank you, Maggie. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have you back. I've had you on here before. We were talking about this book and some of the other cool things that you do. But this was still in the works. Now, first, I want to thank you for sending me a copy. I read the book very quickly and I read it out loud to my husband who drives a lot. He's on the road and I'm reading him the book and we're hanging on to every word because it is very much um, a thriller, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So tell us what inspired this book. And it's a book series. Is that correct?
1: Yes. I just finished the second, uh, novel called the restore, um, in the sexual, uh, sexual, uh, let me see what, <laughs> duh, I just had a brain fart. Okay. So it's what the restore in the, uh, the, oh, the, sexual hamster sexual wheel of death is what it's called the restore the sexual wheel of death and that that has to do with um um trafficking human trafficking so the sexual wheel of death is what it's called because i had to amend it so i have so many things going on because i'm writing uh i'm working on another screenplay this particular storyline along with the second storyline Uh, the Restore the Power of Deception, is based upon my screenplay uh, that I started to write in 2007. So to answer your original question, after the brain fart, um, (laughs) uh, it came up when uh, Barack Obama was running for president. He was a legitimate first black candidate for president of the United States. And of course, you know, he would go on to win um, and win twice. Um, on the surface, it looked pretty cool. Cause in my lifetime, never seen that before. Other than that, Jesse Jackson was a candidate and so on and so forth. But, uh, this guy had a legitimate shot. problem was that nobody, especially believers were asking any serious questions. Like what does this guy really stand for? Um, mm-hmm. he, he and his family made great photo optics. But what do they genuinely stand for? They're very well packaged and marketed. So I'm like, what does he stand for? Some people who speak for themselves, I don't really like uh, third parties telling me what somebody else thought or what they Mm -hmm. said. So, you know, I started to hear some things from him that sounded rather hinky. So I got the idea to say, well, what if? what if the president of the United States, the first black man to actually be in office, what if, so I didn't want the character to be dated. So I made, I went from male to female. What if the first female president of the United States wasn't what she appeared to be. Mm. So, and in this particular instance, uh, she is a terrorist. So, mm. you know, have the pretended to be a Christian slash Muslim slash conservative class centrist everything to everybody you know trying to get into office and no one asking the questions and then I got to do research on how easily the electoral college and the electoral system can it's really quite simple and I believe we saw this in the last election cycle uh with Donald Trump
0: yeah i mean there it is really interesting how we are as a society we are so influenced um about the, the bells and whistles, if you will. Okay. Like yeah. you said, the photo op, the, 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 sharp words and all of that people hear. It and they're like, is that, uh, kind of reminds me of the scripture where it talks about, you know, in the latter days, people will have itching ears, you know? I mean, yes. they're, they're, they're saying what they think people want to hear. And therefore it's very convincing. And if you are not discerning, and like you said, ask the right questions then, I mean, it could be a big turmoil. So that actually is what really empowered you to write this story. So is this story then kind of, I mean, I've read it. And as I was reading through it, I'm like, okay, I know there are some things, especially now that you're talking about the second book being about trafficking. I'm like, okay, Ted is totally aware of what's going on in the earth. (laughs) There are a lot of people who are not. Yeah, because they follow secular media and they're not they are not getting any truth. And so uh, I love that you're using a storyline because there are people that will read a book that will not search the truth, but it might spark some questions.
1: Absolutely, because um, ha- I had questions. One of the biggest questions is or or concern of mine is that the body of Christ doesn't really adhere to the word of God very much. That's why um, they're so easily schnookered, if you will, um, into, oh, they look good. And wow, they speak intelligently and how wonderful they are. And people were looking at the Obamas as their Messiah. And I'm talking about church folks, not, you know, they wouldn't admit to it publicly, but they were their gods because We're going to be running things now and things are going to change. And his mantra was change you can believe in. The problem was the change that, you know, he was believing in wasn't the change that people really wanted, you know, to see or be a part of. And that's the problem.
0: Yeah, it was, it was sad. I, I know I, I had a few, you know, you know, the saying that our parents always taught us, don't talk about religion and politics because it'll get somebody sparred up. And I made a statement and it, and I stand to the statement, but it caused me some uh, backlash, if you will, with some people that I previously did ministry with. (laughs) I haven't been invited back since. Uh, If you ever want to, you know, feel like you're not supposed to be somewhere, all you have to do is bring up something and they will not invite you back. Oh, absolutely. I made the statement. And it was during that election. And obviously, I pray every year for the election. And I trust, you know, there's scripture that says the heart of the king is in the hand of the father. And right. nothing gets by. God is totally aware. He wasn't going, oh, snap, Brock got reelected. You know, he wasn't right. doing that. Right. But he's right. using things, I believe, to uh, make us as believers to cry out and get on our knees and get serious about what we believe and what we stand for and the morality. But I made the statement that, okay, everything looks good on the outside, but because they were, they were focusing on the fact that he was an African-American and I'm like, I would love to see an African-American in the office, White House. I would like to see, you know, even a female in the White House. However, we never, ever, ever can base our vote based on any demographic or anything, you know, any culture, anything like that, it has to come right down to what do they stand for, and do those things line up with what the word of God says? Because right. we've got this issue with truth, Ted. We've got this issue right. with truth. And the only truth is his truth, whether we like it or not. His truth trumps everybody else's truth. What is your thoughts as you were writing this book, knowing that there are going to probably be some people seeing that there are a little bit, there's some truth weaved into these storylines, you know, or maybe I'm giving away too much. I hope not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it, 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 um, how can I put this? I'm, I'm a fighter. So, you know, I'm not going to cuss anybody out or any of like that kind of stuff, but I like to fight according to what the word of God says, and he's given me gifts, talents, and abilities, and that he's given me the gift to write. So I wanted to create a project that would cause people to stand up and think, um, and convict, uh, because again, A lot of believers are they stop simply at Democrat or Republican. And that's not right. Tony Evans said this. um, You can vote with either party, but make sure you're not sold out to one or the other. You're only sold out to what the word of God says. And Mm -hmm. so many believers only stop at what makes them feel good. What doesn't really make them think they don't really do any research they think, and I, I was talking to another gentleman some time ago and I said, watching the evening news is not research because he was yeah. blathering on about the same talking points that uh, uh, CNN or, or ABC or MSNBC or any one of those, you know, alphabets were talking about. And I'm like, well, where's the word coming out of you at? Where's the word of God and what you're saying? And I would always bring him back to what the word says. And he, and he had no defense against it because you would always go back to, you know, labeling the Christian right and all this other kind of stuff and the gloom and doom that God isn't isn't in government. Well, God created government to do he his did. bidding. And when it doesn't do his bidding, we as believers should stand up collectively and say, hey, look, um, if you're not going to do the right thing, according to the word of God, you're out of there and get somebody else in there. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, Maggie, that everybody that we vote for is going to be a believer. But we should be looking for men and women who are at least morally good, who at least believe and think on the same lines that we do, even though they haven't accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior yet.
0: Yeah, I believe they're all pre-saved. We (laughs) can't. we'll pray for them. (laughs) You know, I'll tell you, Ted, I struggle. I'll just be real and transparent with you. I know you are very passionate about this. And and I love that. You know, I see your post and everything. And I have always, I I have struggled with the political stuff. I don't struggle with government because it was established according to the word of God, you know, and we are to honor those and, and, and so forth. And so, but I struggle with the poly ticks. And poly means many, and ticks are blood sucking. So we see this. We see this so much in what we are seeing. But I think that a lot of people, like you said, have not done the research. They have not counted the cost. They have not looked at, this is what they're saying, but what is their voters' record showing? What do they really stand for? Because talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. And um, they're, they're obviously... Very charismatic, or they would not be in a leadership role.
1: True, very true, and that's why the Bible says that we need to test them by the fruit that they bear, yes. not what yes. they say. They can, like you yes. said, they can say a lot of things, and they do. They they throw yes. dirt on their opponents, and blah blah blah, and this that and the other. And look, I, I have to confess, in praying for my leadership as I should be. Uh, I I, I throw mud, too, because they frustrate us, um, especially with what's going on in the White House right now Um, and all throughout the country, really, with the foolishness of the cheating and the lies and the innuendos and the people who are pretending to be pastors in a pulpit think that, you know, uh, killing unborn babies is okay. that they think that marching in a pride parade is just fine. Now, do and as, and as a political um, leader, do you represent all of the people? Yes, but you represent them according to what the word of God says. Does that mean we disrespect people? No, but we do Never. tell them the truth. And we do value and respect people. That's, that's always our goal to show value and respect. Why? Because God said that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. But some things that we do are not, you know, are not, you know, holy and wonderful in his name. They just aren't.
0: You know, I'm glad that you said that because it is true. I think that, you know, the big lie that is out there is that if we don't uh, agree with someone, then we don't that we hate him. And we don't. Christians are to love and to respect and honor. And God loves us so much that he allows us free will to choose. But, you know, he tells us the answer, choose life. He wants us to choose yes. life and he wants us to be walking right. in his truth. And many times people are so quick. What bothers me a lot when it comes to some of that is, is that the people that are so accepting of all these different things, are the right. first one to reject you if you have any opposing views. Have you ran into that?
1: Exactly. Now, the I looked up the word tolerance, and it says just to put up with them as long as you have to. Now, that's not love. That's you know, not, the, not, not love at all. So who wants to be tolerated? I've been tolerated by people before, and it's not a great feeling. So right. it's, again, value and respect. I value you even yes. though I don't agree with you. I that's respect right. you even though we have disagreements. But if we were to sit down long enough, I'm sure, and this has happened, and I'm sure you can ex- you've can you experienced this as well, that I usually have more in common with people than not.
0: Yes, Yes. I have more in
1: common, and it doesn't matter their skin color. It doesn't matter their religion. It doesn't matter the age, it's like, okay, you know, we have a whole lot more in common than we don't have in common. So let's focus in on that. And one of the reasons, the ways that I use is humor to get people to open up because once I get you to laugh, then, you know, when the the spirit of God, um, opens up an opportunity. Now I can speak to you and I've made you laugh. I've made you feel comfortable. And now, We can talk about a little bit more deeper issues. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes it goes deep and sometimes it, it doesn't. But at least I've had the opportunity to write for whatever time I have with them.
0: Mm, that's really good because laughter is universal. And, you know, when we focus on where we meet, where do we connect? Because we are all part of his beautiful creation. Amen. And, you know, and so when we treat people, I love that you said with, you know, with the honor and the respect. But, you know, when the Bible says to speak the truth with love right. and also with grace and truth, and it, the, it's in that order, I believe, for a reason. That grace has to come before truth, because we've seen a lot of people um, speak the truth in a rough, harsh way, you know, Uh, and and it should not be. And I love what you're saying. So regardless of where someone is at, when we connect on a human level on based on the fact that we are created in his image and we listen and we and we love. And that is that is where it all changes. And I'll, I'll tell you the characters in this book. I had to. I, I have a few favorites, and uh, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you all who they are because I want you to get the books because I want you to t- find out who is your favorites. But this book, and I'm I'm my I've got the blurred thing on there, so I'm going to hold up it. There we go. Can you okay. see it over there? All right. <laughs> here's. So what is your
1: favorite? favorite? What's your favorite? Who's your favorite?
0: Well. I am, I am totally in to, I, I actually like all of them, but I love the spiritual warfare aspect. I love it that angels are in this book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh Not yeah.
0: Angels, there are warring angels standing for truth and, uh, and it lures you in. And um, I, I, I was so amazed. There was, there's a character in the book and I'm not going to give a lot away. There's a character in the book who was really uncertain that he was going to be able to fulfill his role. And yet, you know, it, it showed me that we have got to trust God. We have got to trust God because this person, of course, God showed up for him at the midnight hour at the last minute, you know, where we think, where are you, God? It's never going to work. I'm I'm, I'm going to get in trouble here and so forth. But uh, I don't want to give away the, the contents of it. But there is everything from, mean gangster terrorist to warring <laughs> angels. Yeah. And when you get that combination going, and the first thing that I did when I finished the book is I messaged Ted and I said, uh, when's the next book coming out? Because right. it, was, it was such a cliffhanger <laughs> at the end. It really yeah. is a cliffhanger. So with truth weaved into this story and spiritual warfare aspects in this story, will some of these characters be returning in the next book? Yes. So, so, okay. So tell them a little bit, okay. About um, just tell them a little bit about it without giving too much away. So they okay. understand who our superheroes truly are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the main character is Kelly Tristan, Lieutenant Kelly Tristan. He is a former Navy SEAL. And I love the fact uh, of the, uh, of our military and our police and, and so on. And what, our men and women in uniform do for us. So I really appreciate that. And one of my favorite times, World War II, and that's because the country really came together, even though there were a lot of imperfections still in our nation going on uh, with Black folks not being treated properly, Asian folks not being treated properly and being interned and stuff like that. The nation came together to fight one single evil, Right. And that's what I love about that. And so Vector 5 gets its um, its entrance during World War II. And Vector 5 is a super uh, is a super secret agency that is self-funded, meaning God provides everything that this agency needs. It's not broke, busted and disgusted because God isn't broke, busted and disgusted. Um, so they have all the technology. They have everything that they need, secret underground bases and so on and so forth. And uh, Kelly Tristan is recruited after his uh, his SEAL team um, was assassinated by, um, by one of the bad guys. And as a result of that, he's recruited in, and I designed him to be a real guy. So as he's recruited into Vector 5, so he goes from being a Navy SEAL, which, you know, Navy SEALs and military people, he's a single guy. So imagine all of that. And now he has to, you know, he's been now called into vector five for service for the Lord because the restorer is God. That's who the restorer actually is. So um, as a result of that, uh, you know, he has his struggles, he has his hard times and, you know, but yeah, one of the angels um, Peter, uh, which is kind of like a guy that's mentoring through uh, him him through this whole situation you know uh, he has a sense of humor. the angel has a sense of humor and he gives you know Kelly a wide berth you know to grow in the things of God. so that's you know that's what I wanted to design a real person who's being converted you know, from one life to the next. Uh, someone asked me how I got around the violence. I said, well, I didn't get around the violence at all. If you read scripture, the scripture is full of violence. Yes, it is. So, you know, um, I wanted to make sure a realistic situation that people could identify with, especially military folks or people who've been uh, on the front lines for us as police officers and those of us who don't really appreciate what the men and women in uniform do for us.
0: I'm so grateful for what they do for us. And in this book, it, it they, people are pulled together and the actual core group of the people, they experience, you know, things, that we experience betrayal, you know, lies, having to lean into God and and be able to walk that out. Now, of course, the angels and stuff—they're like super. There are superheroes. I mean, Spider Man's got nothing on angels. I'm just saying. No, you know. no, not at all. Yeah. So when you're talking about true, uh, true. Uh, superheroes, they saved the day and it is just so amazing. But there, you know, the Bible says that we war not against flesh and blood, but principalities and rulers and wicked places and stuff. And this book truly points that out. So it is a thriller. It is a great storyline, but it also has the dynamics of the spiritual warfare, which is always going to have that good versus evil. And um, so I love how you put that together. And I, you know, it's interesting the violence there. I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's going to be, we live in a broken world. Violence is part of it. And like you said, you know, the Old Testament is very rated R, you know, New Testament. I mean, even the crucifixion itself is, it, there's nothing more oh, violent than the, horrific. you know, that. and so, but it was done in a very tasteful way. It wasn't, it wasn't, it's not, it's not something that, you know, you can't read and still go to bed. Uh, matter of fact, you can read it and go to bed and go, God, thank you for the protection of the spiritual realm.
1: <laughs> right, Amen? right, so, right.
0: I absolutely love it. So, you know, Vector 5 is still going to be present in the second book, but are we bringing Kelly with us? Can you say if you are?
1: Yes. Kelly will be in the second book. Um, he's just, uh, as prominent in the second book and there's a reason why for that um but yeah he's definitely in there but he's going through a different struggle along with another character in the book yeah
0: nice nice i love that he gets to interact and 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 go through the things that we go through as you know brothers and sisters in christ or you know humans here on the planet. And so that it makes it really, really good. So I'm glad that not everybody is, you know, out there over to where we can't connect. We can connect with this character. Everybody has suffered loss. Everybody has been betrayed. Everybody has had some battle that they've had to deal with. So they can step into the shoes of this character and follow them along. So the screenplay aspect of it, is it still under works? Is this all going to become, you know, at some point a movie?
1: That's where originally came from. So I have the screenplay for actually for both of them. Um, and we're in development. That means we need the five plus million dollar budget we're going to need for that. And we're really not going to do any GoFundMe or, or begging people, oh, please donate. Oh, please donate. Um, I, I wanted to hear how the Lord wanted to direct us because his word always says he can bring things to us. Now, how is he going to do it? I have no idea because that's not my business. I don't right. know how he spoke the universe in the universe into existence, but it's here. So yes. we know, and we already have word on this particular script on what he's going to do. How, and it's a matter of just a matter of when, not yes. if, but when. Yes. So we're not going to go to a bank and, and borrow money. We're not going to get into debt to doing this. This is going to be a God movement in reference to how he wants us to do things.
0: I love that. I love that. And a book form is the best way to get it into our hands to encourage us so that whenever he does do it, then we're all set and ready and we're already connected with the characters and ready to roll. That's brilliant. I love that. You know, his timing is best.
1: Yes. So please go to the Restorer, the Power yes. of and get yes, your copy yes. today. And that, is, <laughs> to yes, restore and that is the the yes. Power of Deception. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, you can get not only a copy for you, but I would encourage you it's Christmas time. These make great stocking stuffers. People are on the go. This is a super easy read. A lot of people tell me I hate to read. But look, this is not a, a real hard book to read at all. And to be honest, once you start reading, it's really hard to put down because you're connected and you're pulled in and you're like, but but, what about this? And like I said, you know, it's got everything from um it, you, you it's just got all the pieces you need for a good book to be able to keep you connected and engaged. So probably about what, maybe a year from now is when the second one's going to come out. Is that about right?
1: Yeah. Cause I'm doing the, you know, I'm doing my due diligence with the second one and making sure that everything is right. It's already written, but I have to go through and check things and, and, you know, do some tweaking and, and so on and so forth before it goes to the printer. So I would say probably within a year, Ah, uh, the second book will be available, uh, and we'll we'll go from there.
0: Yes, well, these things take time, y'all, and and those things that we wait for are worth waiting for. So I love that. So okay, so if you could leave the audience with a key, Ted, you know I'm always asking people for keys, and you've got a lot of knowledge and in, in all kinds of areas. If you could leave the audience with a key, what would that key be?
1: Besides, key is- I'm going
0: to buy the book.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go, go buy the book, please. Um, but the most important thing besides the book is the fact that each and every one of us knows what the word of God says for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we're not just sitting there on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night, just letting the pastor do his thing. And you, you know, it goes in one ear and out of the other. But when you read for yourself what god has said what we should be doing that's really what the book is it's about encouraging believers to be bold in his or her faith to Mm -hmm. stand up especially now as darker as it gets out there in egypt hey over here where the israelites are we're being blessed we're being protected we're being provided for i know i can say that you know, individually, as far as me and my family and other people at our church, both here in New Orleans and in here in St. Louis and in New Orleans, because we are trusting what the word of God says we can have. So when you do that, now the provision of God begins to come. Now you begin to see the supernatural provision of God come into your life individually. You're not listening to someone else's testimony and you're sitting there wishing it would happen for you, when you submit to what God says you can have, then don't try to figure it out. Amen. Don't try That's to so figure good. out the supernatural. That's God's business. That's nobody else's business, but God's. But you do everything in the normal.
0: That's good. That's do everything
1: so good. in the normal to be prepared for that blessing. Whatever it might be, educate yourself. A lot of believers just don't do that. We 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 don't. We just sit back and hope God just backs up a truck and beep beep beep. He'll just drop the. If it's meant for me to have, I'll just have it. No, this we book, have to stand in faith
0: book, and contend for that. So right,
1: you, you know, faith without works has no power.
0: That's right. That's right. It has well, Ted, no power. I'll tell you, I've absolutely loved having you on the broadcast again today, but we, we are out of time. So I want you guys to go to the Restorer, the power of deception.com. The link is in the show notes. We want to thank you. Thank you so much, Ted.
1: Thank you, Maggie. Thank you guys for supporting what we're doing. And thank you so much, Maggie, for having me back on.
0: Yes. God, bless God bless you and your family. Y'all be blessed.
1: You too.